This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Good Lord. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's going to talk about Operation Paperclip. And Slick Rick's going to do sports. I mean, I look over I look over at Delgado's computer before we go to live to air. And he's got Operation Paperclip up on Dude. the screen. I mean, can I be surrounded by more wackadoos than I am here? Dude. Dude. You, you know what I'm... And I'm all over uh, Operation Mockingbird all day. I spent about four hours on it today, just oh. refreshing myself on. <laughs> well, that's what I was doing. I was just refreshing myself on, on what it was to make sure I had the terminology right in case it came up. But obviously, it came up. Yeah, it might come up. <laughs> might come up with me picking out what we're going to talk about, right? Oh, jeez. So, uh, live from Studio 6B, glad you're in Real America's Voice on a Tuesday night. <laughs> I want to thank everybody who I don't like I want to thank everybody who uh, joined me last night uh, since we had a condensed show, the, the, the Fetterman edition of Live from Studio 6B. Good night, every, hello, good night, everybody. Uh, oh, last night, me. because I was of. Wearing uh, my, my, I was wearing Fetterman gear last night. I was wearing my <laughs> big, ugly, black Carthart hoodie. And I was going to say from the Fetterman collection because I was running around all day and I got here and then I'm waiting. And next thing you know, uh, they were preempted by that hack Bannon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, who are you kidding? Yeah, really. You were, I, I watched you it. sitting there listening to Pool and Bannon, and you were <laughs> you you wanted to jump through the screen and get on the stage. What are you talking so, about? So bad. I wanted to be on there so bad because I wanted to bring up Mockingbird. I wanted to bring up Paperclip. <laughs> I wanted to bring up all of the heinous behavior of the alphabet mafias. And boy, I sure wish I could have gone on that. Because I like they, Luke Rudowski. Believe me. Yeah, when they started bringing up all the bankers and the world bankers, I I, I was just hoping Paul was not going to. Uh, I mean, it just like fall over in his chair. He was he was almost drooling on the computer. He had to wipe it down today. Yeah, yeah well, I, you know I what? Think I, at, at one point, I was just like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Slick Rick, I'm like, you know what? I don't feel crazy listening to this right now. And watching it because because a lot of times you know uh, there's someone here that might look at us a little weird. Um, you know he looks uh, at my computer. He's like he's like oh Operation Paperclip. What the hell are you looking at? You know what? A- and here's why it's on my computer. You want to know because you brought it up. Obviously you want to know, Dave. Let me tell you. You're what even is that tonight? No, it has nothing to do with that. Oh, thank God. <laughs> that I'm going to save for Friday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it has to do with things that we heard last night that they were talking about, but also the Twitter files uh-uh. and the things that are coming out yes. and the things that we're learning from the CIA's involvement of JFK to, to, to everything. Oh, now, the way the everything. way the way we've been programmed to mm. think, I just feel I am flummoxed about my country. And that's <gasps> the part that depresses me. Because yeah. I, I am I am right there. I'm, you know, hey, I don't care if I never watch soccer. I'm going to cheer USA, USA. 
right? I don't care if I, I don't watch women's basketball. If it's a women's basketball team on, on the Olympics, go USA. I don't care. It's, it's you know, my country. And this is how I feel. You know, you, I, I know the, the Pledge of Allegiance. I remember standing for it as a kid. You know, the, you, you take your hat off when you hear the anthem. You stop what you're doing. And then to hear all of this stuff that the intelligence community, the FBI, the CIA, that they have been doing. DHS, home Right. And then, then you start going back through history, and it's almost like, oh, my goodness, there's a pattern, and we haven't been watching. We haven't been paying attention. And, Listen, then, I the think FBI- to, and then I think, Paul, to, to, to World War II and prior to World War II, before our involvement, there were a lot of Nazi sympathizers here in this country. And then I started thinking, man, oh, man. Did we did, did Hitler lose, but did the Nazis actually win? Because then I think of Paperclip, where we absorbed 1,600 Nazis into the federal government to yeah, run things like NASA. we did that like in competition to stop, you know, we did that to compete, you know, with our, our enemies so they wouldn't take those right. big-brained psychopaths. So we, we figured we'd corner the market on psycho. And and, and how, how has that changed? I, I ju- I'm just depressed of—, of Hearing about the JFK thing and and how, you know, somebody like and then I think back to 2012 when when General Flynn was like, you know what, I'm going to expose the the intelligence community. And what happened? They they totally destroyed him and they stopped him in his tracks because I think he was on to all this social media stuff. He had figured it out. Uh, well, it's, well, Rick, it's just listen, very depressing. If I could just take you, like, look, so when 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 your world caves in on you and you realize, wow, the government is evil, but it doesn't represent us, then we the people. Right, and that's the we part the that pe- kills me. Yeah, well, and that's the one thing is, like, you know, I remember when, when you know, for me, when my when the whole facade caved in around me and I realized everything I knew was a lie, um, it, it took me a little while to really absorb it, acknowledge it, and how can I process that? And, like, you know, for me, some of the, the events of history, when you realize how heinous the behavior of our government is, it's not us. They don't represent us. They right. represent their corporate interests. And uh, as you said, when the national, you know, when the anthem comes on, I stand for it. You know, I say my prayers every time at a sporting event for our soldiers, our bravest sons and daughters to come home healthy and be to be treated humanely and, and respected and loved. And, you know, and, and, you know, and I pray for them. And, uh, you know, but I understand that feeling. When you start to realize that, good Lord, man, we, we, we the, the world is run by psychopaths and, the fall of the U.S. and the American experiment is the key to globalism and globalization. Once the entire, once once Marxism and and you know because to me it's Marxism from the bottom up and it's fascism from the top down and together they're splitting this country in two and they're doing it divide and conquer to absolute mastery. It's sorcery. Right. It's mag. It's incredible. And and the key really is for for more people to know and the more truth out there, hopefully, you know, we can have decency and dignity and speak to our people, friends who, who disagree with us. And hopefully we can try to find some common ground. That's usually my goal. And, and I equate it to, here's the correlation I'll make. When, when you find out your, you know, your, your hero, when you, when you're a kid, right. And you meet your hero, you're like, oh my goodness, there he is. And I had this experience because I saw this happen to a kid down out in California. We were out there for a WWE, um, uh, WrestleMania, out in Anaheim. And we're the only ones, you know, coming out of the hotel. And there's, there's one wrestler coming out of the hotel. I'm going to say his name. I don't care. Um, but there was one little fan, one kid standing there, like waiting for him. Because I, I don't know, maybe he knew he was coming. But it was, uh, it was Triple H. He comes walking out of the hotel. 
surrounded by people. The kid was like, you know, like, you know, waist high, like looking at him like, please sign this. He just kind of pushes him to the side. I was like, man, that's got to that's got to suck for that kid. And that's that's kind of like how I feel right now is that the hero, you know, it's like maybe we are. Are, are we? the? You know, you l- listen to all these people from these other countries who are like, you know, this your America does this. So this is like, wow, maybe maybe they're right that we do all this kind of stuff, don't we? color revolutions we disrupt we disrupt uh governments around the around the world uh it's just and then we end up being a uh a victim of our own creation and it's just you know, it's just, like i said i'm flummoxed listen our government has gotten so far out of control in all honesty it started with the bush family and then you know when the, really when the clintons adopted the neocon policy and they were promised all the richest in power in the world and then, you know, obviously then Bush, you know, Jr. And, and, you know, then Obama came out. He ran the exact same playbook. And they just lie about it. They just put this veneer of communism on, on Obama's term. And he brought in all the, you know, the Marxist cultural revolutionary, like, you know, race baiting division. And it was a massive distraction to the war machine rolling along, the bankers rolling along, uh, Big Pharma just rolling along. He he protected, aided, and abetted all of the monstrosities that are really looming over us today. So the, the big conversation is it's not our government. Our government are puppets. They're owned by massive corporations now. And it's uh, they're monolithic structures who have no allegiance or love or alliance whatsoever to sovereignty, the individual, or humans anywhere especially here at home they want us to they, they want us divided conquered and, and they want us to eat have nothing and like it yeah i'm just depressed that you should take over <laughs> well I, I don't think anyone can disagree with anything either one of you has said I, i'll pose a question to you because i i wonder how much this changes um maybe for the and i, I think maybe for the good i think president trump's obviously still the favorite no matter what if president trump was to run his campaign now solely on uh, corrupt, getting rid of and getting to the bottom of corruption in the intelligence agencies and tearing them down. How do you, and he's been there for four years, so he knows where all the skeletons are. How do you beat that? You don't. How, how do you challenge him if that's, if that's where his c- campaign com- comes I completely think, focused on? I think if, he, if he's going to take the position of that where he's going full head on against this monster this intelligentsia monster this absolutely enormously powerful unlimited resource and absolutely soulless machine um then to me he i honestly think he's the only guy with the brass caones big enough to go head to head with that. Well, I think DeSantis is more polished and he can slowly make some changes. And I think he can bring us back to manufacturing. And I think he could get us back to some sovereignty and some you know, uh, autonomy over ourselves. Uh, I don't think he could take on the intelligence community the way Trump could. Trump is a bull in a china shop and he has got the thickest skin. He's got leather skin. It doesn't matter who says, you know, you can say he's an egomaniac and all that, but he just, he gets punched and he punches back twice as hard. That's the way he is. So, I mean, is you want to call that egomaniacal? Okay, maybe so. But all I know is he's got, you know, he's got what it takes in my opinion. And I'll refrain from using any cuss words here with this family show. <laughs> you, you mean to, going uh, all Bannon on us? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, Bannon was great last night with the F-bombs. I, I, I really identify with him. 
Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. No, but I mean, how, how do you how do you not make this? And I say this because you know, there's be some people who will run who won't. They won't touch it like the third rail. They right. won't. I mean, they'll they'll give you a veneer of of touching yep. it, but they won't really touch it. No, they won't. Trump's the only service. Trump's the only one who can take this and position it like this is this is my my next four years is solely focused on because you know I can handle the policy stuff, right? You know I can handle the the foreign overseas, I can the domestic, the internet. I can I, that's all I got. You all saw that for four years. Now I'm gonna get guys like Cash Patel. I'm gonna get guys who you know who I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna straighten up on the personnel, and I'm going to be. This is what's in my purview now: CIA, mm. FBI. Got to go to the ground. All of the criminality and all of the collusion and all of the corruption and all of these alphabet gangs. And that's where yeah. I'm totally focused on. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you how you, do you beat them. You need. You need. You need. Um. You know. I guess the best word for it are patriots that are within these organizations who know how how they can be or who these people are and can expose them and help get them out. I mean, you need help from the inside. Hopefully, he's already got that. Hopefully, he's been working on that. Who knows? Um, he was really duped a few times, right, Rick? Right. Yeah. But but like I said, with with people like you just mentioned, Cash Patel, who I guess he's he's going to be uh, filing a lawsuit as well. And then you also find out that now uh, Paul Ryan was part of the the spying. He knew about the spying, and he let it happen. He's a weasel. No one's going to be surprised by that. No, but but it's just amazing. So, well, we'll we can talk about that panel last night when we come back. I would love to just comment on it if we could. We'll do it on a Tuesday night, live from Studio Six B. Just getting started. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan will do some news. Rick's got a what even is that coming up top of the hour. Slick Rick will be here in a little bit. Do some sports. Uh, Paul, you wanted to talk about the Tim Pool, Charlie Kirk, Steve Bannon. Um, Luke, who else Who else was on the Luke panel? Rudowski. Luke Rudowski. Yeah, I, I really like Ruda- Luke Rudowski. His, his work when he was a young guy, like he legitimately was getting the face of the Rockefellers and, you know, the George Soroses, and he would like get the mic right up there and ask about the Bilderberg groups and at their meetings. And, you know, we talked about like, you know, these illegal gatherings of heads of state and corporate leaders would get and they would create policy that was completely outside the the scope of our government it's fully illegal i, I forgot i can't remember because i'm old um the uh doctrine that it that it violates uh, but he would get out there as a young guy like he just fearlessly just get in their face so he's he's a bit of an he's a bit of an anarchist that's most people don't know what that truly means. Anarchist doesn't mean there aren't rules. A, a law just means it isn't uh, an overpowering government, but it's too far for me in, in my honest opinion. But he, his views are one thing. T- 
Tim Pool has been a liberal his whole life, but he's reasonable and open-minded. I thought that was interesting. Then you have the long-haired kid. I can't remember his name, but he's a full-blown agnostic, and him and Charlie Kirk were going head-to-head. It was a, you know, um, but like a very liberal Catholic. Like some of his positions on gay marriage and you know same-sex marriage, but it, you know, it, you know, goes against some of the hardcore conservatives. Uh, I just found it interesting with Bannon up there having so many like different opinions and different backgrounds, like kind of going head to head, but still on the side of reason and individuality. And I thought that that was fascinating. You know, to me, I, I'd much rather be in a conversation with differing opinions than an echo chamber of people who, you know, say, oh, Trump could pop up you know, punt a puppy into a metal fan and be like, well, that fan, that puppy was the <laughs> devil and he, he, he saved us from evil. You know, there's yeah, some the people who are sick of fans for Trump and it's like, dude, you, he's not infallible. You know, he's a human being too. So let's stop with your dieties. So stop with this notion that he could, like, that he was sent by God to save you. It's not, it, it's, you go too far and you, and you make, you make the, the movement almost, it discredits it to a degree. So, you know, when you hear people, you know, over over the top on one side to the other side to the other side, they lack reason or even the remotest ability to be objective about their current position. It's so important to constantly look at every subject, as I call it, new eyes. You know, like just try to look at it as if you're coming into this thing, you handicap a situation with no ideology, no preconceived notions, just objectively looking at the backs in the moment. What you knew yesterday is not the same as what you know today, and it's okay to change your mind, your position, rethink it, ask, say, I need time to absorb it and and, and 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 chew on this thing. It's okay to say our new information has come to the table and I am, you know, I'm, it's okay for me to change my, my positions. Now, when you, you framed it in the last segment, if Trump went on that position where he's taken on the intelligence community, I gotta tell you, I would be beyond thrilled because I do think he's the only guy capable. But as someone in the chat put it, and I agree completely, I, he, he'd be assassinated, I think. Well, that's a, oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. pretty strong. Yeah, I don't think you can go against that machine without there being a serious threat on your life. I mean, look, Reagan did it. Reagan hated George Bush, according to a lot of people behind the scenes. He never wanted anything to do with him. He couldn't stand his connections to the CFR. He couldn't stand his connections to the Trilateral Commission. Didn't didn't like his relationships with uh, Zygmunt Brzezinski and Wolfowitz and some of the neocons who were bringing this, uh, you know, the war machine up to the forefront. And, uh, you know, he took a bullet and he changed his, his policies. If you look at his voting records before and after his lead poisoning, um, pretty evident that he they were trying to get him out of the way for Bush to be in that White House. And that's not hard to believe considering Prescott Bush was the head of the CIA and and his father was, you know, they were connected to the Nazis of, of Germany. So I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know? Well, and, and then just go back to 2017. What did Chuck Schumer say? He said, it's really dumb to attack the intelligence community. He said, let me tell you, and this is a quote, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. Wow. That's a quote. That, that, I forgot that's, about you know, it. was with Rachel Maddow. He was yeah. on MSNBC. Yeah. That night. Oh, I, remember, man, I, I can remember that. And so. Don't give him know. credit for being smart enough to know what's going on, though. <laughs> I mean, he just did too much hair grease that night or something. And so he spent four years, his entire presidency, fighting off the intelligence community and what they were trying to do to him. And the media mouthpiece, Operation yeah. Mockingbird, which is real. It's not conspiracy theory. It's a full blown fact. And the head of the 
you know, of the CIA at the time when they announced that they were ending it, but they renamed it Operation Bluebird. They renamed it three different other things. Now it's got God knows what name it's under now. Um, they said that our mission will be complete when every single America, American citizen has no idea the truth. And I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember as well as I used to. And this stuff, I used to be so deep into all of this, you know, 2007, 8, 9, 10, 12, like around 12 or 13, I, when I saw Obama going completely full neocon, I just felt like, oh, my God, there's no stopping this. Yeah. You know, liberals screaming for the war machine to kill them all. You, um, I don't listen to, um, you're, you're, you're more of a fan of Tim Pool, um, his show. I don't, I haven't checked it out that much. I find myself yelling at him sometimes <laughs> in my, you know, in my head, like, I'm just saying, come on, man, you go too far. Oh, you're softening it right there. You chicken, you know, the truth, but he's such a, I sometimes think he's a little turd because he's afraid to really say what he thinks. But I think he also does that because he knows he's got a huge platform and he's reaching more people and he's slowly bringing people from the left to the center, so to speak. So I don't think he's doing it without, um, you know, without a probable, re like, you know, with a probable cause or, or good reason. But what really sold me on him is when Jack Dorsey and Vidaya, um, you know, from uh, Twitter. Twitter were on. And he, essentially, Rogan had Jack Dorsey on, had softball questions for him, and he went, straight at Rogan and said, you just botched this whole thing. And Rogan's like, I did botch it. I've got friends yelling at me. Why don't I bring you back on? Help me have this conversation with the two of them. And and it was he it, it was great how he was fearless and he went head to head with Dorsey and uh and and the guy I can't you know um from yeah, uh, Twitter. From Twitter. And, yeah. And he uh and he was relentless and well informed. And so he's not a dumb kid, but uh you know, and he, he does a good job of honestly bringing a lot of young people from the counterculture in to fighting this establishment nonsense, this drivel we see from the media. Uh, a couple things from the chat. I've been watching the chat and everybody's um, fired up as always. Somebody said Governor Abbott put 400 army guards at the border. All razor wire is all alone the river crossing. Okay, we'll we'll keep a look at that tonight. I know there's been obviously some action on Title 42 with the um, uh, the Supreme Court stepping in, and the Biden administration, of course, today I believe um, sent a petition to the Supreme Court to uh, end that again, even though they admit, I believe, in the petition that it will cause more chaos at the border. Uh, but they want to wait till after Christmas to deal with it. So there's some footage right there that we happen to have. Um, well, we don't have a ton of time to do some news, Paul. I guess we'll do some news when we get back. Maybe Slick Rick will be here. We'll do some sports. A uh, bunch of other stuff. A bunch of other stuff I want to get to tonight, uh, including what the Fed is doing in raising rates, and everybody's been feeling the pain of that. And the pretext for why he's doing that. One of the big things is the labor market. We keep hearing about the labor market and how tight the labor market is, and it's the one thing that the Fed can't get to go their way. We keep creating jobs and jobs and hundreds of thousands of jobs, and Biden keeps telling us millions of jobs, 1.2 million jobs um, in the second quarter. And the Fed keeps raising rates based on all of this information. And of course, we're feeling the pain and our economy is going to feel the pain in the next 12 months because we haven't really felt the, f the effects of these interest rate hikes yet. 
475 basis points. We, we have raised rates since, I guess, about March of this year, which is unheard of in the history of the country. Never have we raised rates that fast. Well, there's a big red flag out today from the Philly Fed. Actually, I think it came out yesterday, but I'll talk about it when we get back. All right, sports news and that. Lots to do. What even is that? Top of the hour. LOL the day coming up as well. Lots to do. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. minutes past the hour live from studio 6b on a tuesday night real america's voice glad you're in good to see all our people in the getter chat fired up make sure you share the show like the show subscribe to the channel at lfs6b and at real am voice i'm assuming most of you've already subscribed but if you're not make sure you follow both pages and follow all our social media pretty much at lfs6b everywhere except for instagram at lfs6b show there but lfs6b everywhere else getter uh, Rumble, Facebook, Twitter, Truth, uh, Locals. Follow us at Locals too, lfs6b.locals.com. Follow us there as well. Do a lot of live streaming over there. Uh, Slick Rick uh, is here. How was your event? Fantastic. Big D. I had a great time. But this time of year with the holidays, I feel like a teaspoon of mayo on a six-foot hero. i got to spread myself very thin to get around everywhere. But you are <laughs> yep. You are very busy. Busy. I was listening to the show on the way in, though. You guys sound great. I was like, you know, I'd listen to these guys if I wasn't on the show. It's good stuff. Okay. That's a nice compliment there, <laughs> Slick no, Rick. You Thank you great. very much. That was Paul, some analogy, great. man. i got to steal that. You were great. A teaspoon of mayo on a six-foot hero. That's right, pal. Spread yourself thin there, Paul. <laughs> you can't get any thinner than that, buddy. <laughs> That was good. good you know, I, I had a nice, um, I, of course, I can't remember who it was, but someone gave me a ni- gave the show a nice compliment in the live stream I did last night when I got home. Since we were only on for 29 minutes, I <laughs> spent a little more time with the audience. And somebody wrote, you know, you guys, you, you guys uh, deserve a pat on the back or something because a lot of what you've talked about over the last two years has really, a lot of it's proven out to be right. And then he gave some examples. And um, I got to thinking about it. And we have talked about a lot of things that have ended up being correct, or at least our feelings on where they were going to go or what we should be worried about worked out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Worked out to be correct. So, right. yep. um, so some good stuff there. So, all right. So before we do news, let me just quickly hit this because again, we've been raising interest rates and we keep hearing from the fed governors as they come out with all their strong talk after they were, you couldn't be more wrong than all of them have been. They come out with their talk, oh, we're going to work, we've got what it takes, we're taking on inflation, we're going to get it back to 2%. No, you're not. We're going to get it back to 2%, and we're not stopping, and we're, we've got what it takes to see this through, and it'd be much worse to let inflation go, and all, all this blah, 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 all of them, after they were all a year ago, oh, inflation's not going to be a problem, don't worry, don't worry, we don't have to get off zero. If we do, we'll raise it, you know, quarter percentage point, maybe uh, 25 basis points for the whole year. Don't worry. Don't worry. So now they've all been as wrong as you can be. We've raised 475 basis points in 2022. Mortgage rates are at seven. People's 401ks are in the, in the toilet. Stock market's in the toilet. We've, we've $9 trillion or whatever it is, $15 trillion under Biden gone. And we keep raising rates. And we, every time the Fed comes out, 
we're not stopping. We're not done. The terminal rate's going to have to get to five, much higher than we thought. And we're going to have to keep it there for two years. And we're going to have to do all this. And, and of course, we're the ones who have to suffer. And one of the reasons they've been telling us this is because the job market. We can't get the job market to loosen up. There's, um, there's too many jobs for not enough people. And the labor market's tight. And we created 1.2 million jobs in the second quarter, he told us, as he raised rates just 50 basis points a week ago. Markets tanked since then. Uh, earnings for these companies are suspected to tank in the fourth and then into the first quarter of next year. Uh, S&P needs to come down their multiple to, you know, everybody's saying 15, 3,300, 3,000. More pain for everybody ahead. Well, the Philly Fed comes out yesterday with this headline. The Biden administration's second quarter job numbers, now they told us it was 1.125 million, something about that. They tell us they missed. It wasn't <laughs> what they said it was. Take a guess what they missed by. No, oh, uh, 1.1. <laughs> close, you're close. They missed by a million jobs. Wow. Wow. The Biden administration overstated its estimate that employers created more than 1 million jobs in the second quarter of this year, claiming historic job growth when, in fact, hiring had come to a complete halt, according to the Philly Fed estimate out yesterday. Job growth was essentially flat in the second quarter. You know how many jobs were actually created? They told us 1.125 million. You know how many were created? Uh, 10,500. I'll save you the uh, time to think about that's it. That's what I was going to say. 10,500. Meanwhile, we have raised 475 basis points based on the numbers coming out of the White House on jobs. And now we find out that the second quarter was a million plus jobs off. Well, the Fed's not going to go cut the rates now and say, oh, well, you guys made a mistake. I'll, we'll take the 50 basis points back. No, they're not going to do that. Republicans are accusing the administration of lying about the employment data in election year and are now demanding answers. The Philly Fed's new assessment shows that employment numbers in 29 states and the District of Columbia were significantly lower than the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported for the March through June period. The BLS, a division of the Department of Labor, estimated net job growth of 1,047,000 jobs, when in reality it was 10,500. 10,500. That, that's over the course of an entire quarter. Yep. For the entire uh, country. Yep. Oh, my God. 10,500. Wow. That is... Um, that is recession heading for depression if that was to continue. That, that's you know, unemployment honestly, going to well, uh, 8% if that was to continue. That's, that's the kind of thing that, that tells me go out and buy 3,800 boxes of mac and cheese and store them in your garage. <laughs> Are you kidding me with that? But, but what you're saying is that that's just the second quarter. Mm -hmm. Because they've been making this claim throughout the entire year. So when are we going to get the bad news about the third quarter? Yeah, good, good, good point. We'll have to see. We'll see if there's an, a revisement on the third quarter. We won't know what we won't get that till uh, I guess the end of January, when Great. we get the results of the fourth quarter's uh, earnings season. Right, and that's we that's right right in line with all the charts that kind of say by April we should see a housing collapse. Perfect. Well, you're seeing housing collapse now. If you look at what <laughs> Lennar is saying, 
course, yeah. Lennar is one of the big home builders in the country doing all kinds of different homes. They are bulk packaging. I did a video on this. It's on all, all our social media about oh, two weeks ago. Lennar Home Builders has seen buyers dry up so bad that they are bulk mass putting together properties at a 30% discount for investors to come um, snap up because they can't get rid of them any other way. So if, if you follow what Lennar's doing, if they're the leader and others are going to follow, real estate has already, the bubble has already started to, if not burst, leak heavily. Now, there's some areas of the country that'll stand up obviously a little better, but the, the coming real estate bubble is going to, I don't think people know how, how bad that's probably going to get. And that's going to be extremely painful for those who, you know, that's a big part of their, of their net worth. People rely on, you know what, we're about to retire, let's sell, we'll take the money. It's like all of a sudden that money that they thought was going to be there is going to be gone. Not only that, but it's, it's, also, a, it's also a disaster for companies like Open Door, Red Door, Zillow, all these people who got into the market of we're going to go in and we're going to buy all these houses, we're going to flip them, we're going to sell them. Uh, open door, supposedly the word on the street is that they're, they're, they're possibly heading for bankruptcy. They're so underwater on all their holdings. So it, it's a disaster for the economy. It's a disaster for the employees. It's a trickle it's down. It's great for BlackRock though. They'll come in, they'll scoop up and buy everything. Well, yeah, that's possible. No, um, that's, that's the game. Expand the money supply, can track the money supply and take everybody's stuff. So I just wanted to get to this because obviously this labor market is one of the main focuses of the Fed raising rates as aggressively as they've raised them. And we're the ones feeling all the pain from it every single day. Credit card interest rates through the roof. It's almost impossible to hold debt on a credit card. Now, you know what you're paying in interest charges? Mortgages, down payments, everything's become more expensive. Trying to get approved for a loan. Everybody's going to rent. Rent is 33% of the CPI. CPI remains hot. Fed keeps raising rates. Well, we don't have inflation under control. Well, you're certainly never going to get under control. Well, you'll get it under control if you keep raising based on faulty numbers, and then you'll put us right into a depression. That's where you'll take us. Mixed with his tax policies that they want to do, plus this omnibus bill. Don't get me started on that tonight. I think that just passed Senate, too. Oof. That just passed the Senate? I, th I believe I saw that headline come across, yeah. Uh, if I started on that, uh, we might get thrown off the air. So let, let's, <laughs> let's do some news. <laughs> let's do some news, then I'll gather myself, and then when we get to the omnibus bill, we'll talk a little bit about it. And I'll go through uh, Representative Dan Bishop, because he went through it for us, and Scott Parkinson went through through it for us and they both came up with out of this 4155 page bill that was released at midnight you know for 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 those of us who actually try to believe in representative government a constitutional republic we send elected officials to washington um we are so out of the loop on what they're doing, and they're so out of the loop, most of them, of what the leaders and the elites there are doing, the establishment, hardcore establishment people are doing, 
4,155 pages. Not one single member has read it. Not one single member knows exactly every word that's what's in it. It's your money that's going to pay for it. And you have absolutely no say about any part of this, the way this is run. Not one word. And they barely do too. The ones who actually give a damn and would want to have a word, which the problem is there's not many of those either. But people like Rand Paul, people like Mike Lee, people who actually do try to read these things and actually care about the spending and look at $31 trillion in national debt and say, what the hell are we doing to our kids and grandkids? How are we ever going to get control of this? <laughs> and here's Mitch McConnell today. Here's Mitch McConnell today. Listen to this. Yo, you have this cut? The one that's on my screen? So, admittedly, I'm pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. Who's stop, priority? stop it, stop Making it. Sure all of our priorities. Who is he talking to? Who is he having discussions with? All of our priorities? Well, I know we have to hit the commercial. Now I haven't done news or sports. We'll do it when we get back. Go ahead. Run the other one, G. This is the one that really gets me. The Defense Department can deal <clears throat> with the major threats coming from Russia and China. Listen to this statement. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians. That's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. Well, wow. What? Hello? Where did that come from? Hello? Excuse me? That, that's the number one priority of Republicans in the United States. <laughs> Sending what's going to now be half a trillion dollars to Ukraine. That's what we're up to and after this if if this gets passed. That's our leader in the Senate right there. So persuasive is he. America's voice, Paul Nolan's here with news. Slick Rick has got sports. And, uh, yeah, let's get to that right now, Slick, shall we? Because I understand uh, my Rangers are playing well. Oh, Rangers are losing tonight right now. Two to one ah, in the second sh- period and down in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to those scores in a little bit. But uh, let's talk about the odds makers last night. We've got to lighten it up a little bit here. This is a very intense show tonight. Good show. But we're going to talk a little sports now. For those who enjoy sports and those who don't, well, you're going to enjoy it anyway. So Rams match most losses by defending Super Bowl champ in NFL history on Monday Night Football. This is Eric Smithing, Smithling of Yardbarker. Um, there goes Sean McVay's chunky soup money. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams 4-10 <laughs> tied the 1999 Denver 
Denver Broncos for most losses by a defending Super Bowl champion with its 24-12 loss to Green Bay Monday night. And that was at Lambeau Field. I had that on the odds makers. Picked up 5000 Lowered my debt a little bit. The debt ceiling, Rick, it's getting a little bit lower for me now. <laughs> so uh, here we go. What are we at now? Oh, 25000 I'm going to come back on bowl weekend, Big D. It's going to be, I'm going to get all those money. He's shaking me down, see? <laughs> he wants his money. Oh, we're going to have a live on-air payout at the end of the season. Don't worry. Uh, but uh, anyway, that means, uh, should only mean uh, a few more months of seeing McVay terrorize an office by throwing cans of soup on, at underpaid unturns. So, you know, we've been seeing that Chunky commercial, Chunky Soup's commercial with uh, Sean McVay, but unfortunately, uh, Rams aren't looking too good, Big D. So uh, they're, they're one of the worst uh, Super Bowl teams at 4-10 and 10 now. This season, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. But Green Bay, Green Bay has uh, reignited at 6-8. and eight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers can't count them out. That lower part of the NFC, uh, right now, you got the Detroit Lions, Giants, Reds, uh, excuse me, Commanders, and uh, also now the Green Bay Packers, all fighting for that last position. I think the Saints and Carolina Panthers have a little action on that, too. So it's going to be a big scramble for those last two spots. Looks like the Dallas Cowboys are pretty secure. They just need to win at least one of their last, really, three games to kind of secure a spot themselves. So NFL action, I didn't get a chance to recap last night. That's why I'm spending a little time on that. Um, but we got, uh, obviously, we got Thursday Night Football. We'll have an odds maker on that as well. And it's heating up. We're getting down to the end. The home stretch for football season, big day. They're going to be flexing games, changing the night games, who's going to play. So a lot of good fun if you're into uh, into the football. And a little bit of golf news today. Um, the Masters tournament opens a door that should be bolted shut, according to Eric Smithling of Yardbarker, because the Masters caved. Live golfers Phil Mickelson and Bubba Watson are among the six former winners who will get another shot at Green Jacket in the 2023 tournament. Uh, per ESPN's Mark Schleback, the Masters announced any player who qualified for the tournament under its criteria for selection would not have their invitations revoked for the event despite leaving the PGA. That list includes other Masters winners, uh, the great Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Patrick Reed, and Charles Schwartzel. Uh, but Schlaback detailed how uh, players associated with the Saudi Arabian-sponsored Live Golf can be or already are among the 2023 field. Any player who won either the U.S. Open or PGA Championship within the past five years qualifies, which opens the door for Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Sounds to me like the PGA is realizing they're hedging their bets big D. They don't want to have those big names not in the tournament. They want those big dollars uh, come uh, come the green jacket time for the Masters. So anyway, looks like they're going to be opening the door and, and there won't be that block there with uh, a lot of these golfers that defected to live. So people like Mickelson, now they can have their cake and eat it too. So not bad. And, I, mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know. What's your I, I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, especially if you're a former Masters, you, you know, if you have a green jacket, how <laughs> <laughs> How can they say you shouldn't come play that? I mean, what's the difference? It's, it's, a, it's a single – I mean, it's you and you. It's just, you're not relying on anybody else. Golf is, I mean, what, what's the – I don't know. Well, you know, the PGA, they were upset because, you know, the Liv was siphoning off some of their money and some of their exposure. And uh, But you know what? Quite frankly, there's enough room for two people to eat in that in, in golf, and I think they'll do well. We'll see if golf, if Liv does continue. But PGA, I think, is, is an institution in the sport and will always be around naturally. And I agree, Big D. You got a green jacket? You got to be invited back. Come on, man. Hey, did Come you on. see Duopolis this? Duopolis don't like competition. Boys, you know that. Look yeah. at the uh, RNC no. and DNC. They don't let a libertarian party get in there. So, come on. Yep. You guys know better. Hey, Paul, um, and I hope I'm not stealing one of your stories, Slick Rick, but I just see this on CNBC. Did you see this? NFL is nearing rights deal with Google's YouTube TV for the Sunday ticket uh, game package. Oh, about time they moved that. It's been a battle. I heard it's a battle between them and uh, Apple TV right now. So more cord cutting across the world. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. So it's. Uh, DirecTV definitely is losing it, obviously, because DirecTV is probably on their way out of business. How, they, how does DirecTV compete with right. 
You know, I mean, I know AT&T partnered with them, but they still, AT&T, so I don't think it's still any match for Google. Nah, it's going to be Google Gridiron, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of consolidation. Um, you would, There might be consolidation in that satellite TV space. There's been a lot of talk about it for a long, long time. So I would yeah, think and that'll they're work not going to want to spend consumer. a zillion oh, yeah. dollars to oh. keep the NFL package. So. Consumer yeah, will save money, right, Rick? Meanwhile, George Soros is buying up every Spanish conservative radio station, uh, you know, because he wants to stifle voices. But no, it's okay. Collusion doesn't matter. Antitrust laws don't matter. But uh, right, anything so else we're going to get to news. Anything else in sports? That's okay. good. That's a wrap, Big D. That's a wrap. Okay, let's do uh, sports. <laughs> was brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, by the way. Uh, LFS6B is the code at checkout. As always, when we appreciate if you're um, – if you use it, we appreciate you using it. LFS6B at checkout, mypillow.com, slash LFS6B for our personalized page for all the best deals for this audience. All right, let's do some news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, uh, how many minutes do I have here in this segment? Because I want to see it. Four? Okay, I'm going to hit this quick then. Uh, in New Delhi, Twitter banned 44,611 accounts promoting child sex exploitation uh, since Musk has taken over. Um, which is pretty impressive when you think about it. And I'll just keep that one quick because that story kind of covers itself. It tells you really what in God's name took so long. And, you know, so at least that's there. So I'll, I'll keep that one short. I'll put that on my getter page. And then I have uh, a really fun story here. Stanford uh, releases guide against harmful language, including the word American. Uh, I think this is just absolutely hysterical from the lunacy police. Um, Stanford University released a guide on harmful language that it wants to remove from its online properties, noting that the term American is a no-go. The language guide, which in, was uh, published on Monday, aims to eliminate any forms of harmful language, including racist, violent, and biased language in Stanford websites and code. Launched in May, the project known as Elimination of Harmful Language Initiative uh, lists the prohibited terms on the 10 categories. Uh, under the section titled Imprecise Language, uh, the guide advises readers to replace American with U.S. citizen. And here's why. American often refers to people in the United States, thereby insinuating that the U.S., is the most important country in the Americas as part of the packet of reasons, including uh, 40 is. other, two other countries between North and South America. So good thing they're saving people there because we all care. Uh, on other listed terms include immigrant, which should be replaced by person who has immigrated. So just add as many syllables as possible to when you're trying to have a quick conversation or non-citizen to avoid referring to people by single characteristics, walk-in hours now must be swapped out for open hours so we don't hurt those people with disabilities. Common phrases, <laughs> feeding a dead horse is also cautioned against because it normalizes the idea of violence against animals. Oh. Um, so in, so in uh, related <laughs> news, the Avatar uh, 2... Uh, called out for cultural appropriation and white savior complex. Well, the most liberal of goofballs, who if you guys know, Cameron uh, was the guy who said that testosterone must be eliminated from males because it's toxic. Uh, meanwhile, it keeps you alive, of course. Um, the Avatar critics uh, accusing James Cameron of cultural appropriations because Way of the Water, Avatar 2, is accused of stealing themes, history, and imagery from Native Americans and indigenous uh, people of cultures, um, you know, of American Indians, much like the first. <laughs> you can't make this up. So now the ultra-woke are uh, completely slamming the woke 
at a level like I can't even describe it. And by the way, the, in the list of INEs, only two black people in the uh, main characters are voiced by people of any form of color, um, which is just, you know, masterfully ironic. Uh, but Native American influencer Hugh Begay is speaking out. Do not watch Avatar The Way of the Water and join natives and other indigenous groups around the world in boycotting this horrible racist film. Cultural uh, Cultures were appropriated in a harmful manner to satisfy the white man's savior complex. <laughs> so just when you thought the world couldn't get dumber, yeah. These morons say, "Hold my beer." Yeah, exactly. So, so, so <laughs> now, now we're being accused of culturally appropriating a cartoon, something that doesn't exist. Yeah, is that what they're saying? Yeah, the Navi the tribes of another planet, right over there. The Stanford thing is wild. I mean, it's just wild. Oh, we can't we say Stanford. Time to talk about that one. That, that'd be, that was a whole segment we could have done. I'm not. An, I'm, I can't say American. <laughs> U.S. citizen. It is. It is. Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in Real America's Voice, 9 p.m. on the East Coast. Slick Rick's here doing sports. Paul Nolan's doing news. Rick Delgado's got a what even is that coming up here in a second. Good to see everybody in the Getter chat all fired up. My Getter chat is frozen right now. Although someone said I was frozen in the chat. I don't know what they were referring to. They're talking um, about you emotionally, D. I'm sorry? They're talking about you emotionally. Why? What did I do? I haven't even barely said anything all night. What the hell did I say? <laughs> I said you're emotionally frozen. Emotionally frozen? Mm. Oh. Yeah. I just like to listen when other people talk. I listen intently, so I don't. I'm not emotionally frozen at all. I thought they were talking right. about your big puffy vest. Oh, a very thing. Yeah, well, look much. at that. Look at that vest. Very much. I wasn't going to say anything about you looking like the, uh, you're wearing a life preserver. That's the Ralph Lauren camo oh, collection. <laughs> life preserver. Oh God. Big D looks like he was out there with Ted News and hunting elk. <laughs> yeah, baby, come on. Fire it up. Come on, Ted. Buckshot. I like yeah. his show. I like Ted. Oh, yeah, he's legend, the like he's got he's big yeah, All right, fine. I mean, I like him a lot better than I like the three of you. I can tell you that for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to what even is that, which I'm debating whether I even want to get to now, of course, because oh, I hate goodness. Delgado. Oh, my goodness. My vest, oh, my my vest is fine. No, it's nice. Like that. I like that. Hey, Ralph, it looks good Ralph on Loren, you. baby. Uh, just quickly, if you didn't see my video this morning on social media, go check it out. And it's all about this article in the Washington Post. And again, not to sound like a broken record, but the more time that goes by, the more they start to come to our side. What we've all been talking about for months and years, now all of a sudden you're starting to see the most ardent, hardcore uh, mandate, vaccine, mask, um, left left-wing kook-talking heads start to uh, change their tune. The latest version of that 
Like who? Is a piece in the Washington Post this morning by Dr. Leanna Wynn, who, if you know who she <gasps> is, she's been on CNN about 4 million times. She's the devil. In two years. So there you go. So Delgado's reaction tells you all you need to know about some of the things that have come out of her mouth over the last two years. I did a whole what even is that about her? Yes. She has a piece today in the Washington Post, and I'll just very quickly get to this so we can get to what even is that, that she says the following. It is crucial now to discuss immunity from infection because abundant research shows natural immunity conveys excellent protection against COVID. (laughs) One CDC study has found that vaccinated people who never had COVID were at least three times as likely to be infected as unvaccinated people with prior infection. And a Lancet study found that those who were vaccinated but never had COVID were four times as likely to have severe illness resulting in hospitalization or death compared to the unvaccinated who recovered from having COVID naturally. This is in the Washington Post today from that doctor. That Leona one who who talked about, uh, and I recall this because I I went through so many things with her uh, because she is the devil incarnate. She was asking about, you know, locking people down, taking away their rights. You can't trust the unvaccinated, she said. All all this lunatic stuff. And now she's like, well. If if you don't get the vax, you don't deserve a hospital bed if you're sick. She's one of those. Now she wants you to know. She also wants you guys to know. And then I'll let we'll do your thing because this is a long one. Protection from natural immunity also wanes at a much slower rate than from vaccination. A recent large Israeli study published in the New England Journal of Medicine compared two groups of people, one who had been vaccinated and never had COVID before, and the other that never received vaccines but had recently recovered from having COVID naturally. The results, she says, are striking. Two months after their shots, members of the first group had twice the number of infections as the second group. And after six months, the first group's infection rate was nearly three times higher than the second. This is in the Washington Post today by Dr. And it's all in the context of what we should do with the military mandate, which she was for, then she was against, and now she's trying to come up with a middle ground to say, keep it in place for people who haven't had any vaccines or haven't had COVID naturally, but if they've recovered from natural immunity, no mandate. Now that's her, now that's her position. So I just wanted to bring that up yeah. because it was just unbelievable to see it this morning. All right, it's now time for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right. Well, thank you, Damon. And it's, it's kind of uh, it, it kind of links us to what this what even is that is just about. Believe it or not, Dr. Leona, when um, you fall into this category and, and what category am I talking about? Well, it was bound to happen. And no, I'm not talking about the Biden administration poster boy <laughs> for lost luggage at the airport. Sam Britton finally oh, getting God. the axe. It's a different stooge I'm talking about. And much like, you know, a corpse, they start to stink after you leave them alone too long. Uh, What am I talking about? I'm talking about this gentleman, Chaim Witz, a.k.a. the demon, a.k.a. the god of thunder, a.k.a. Dr. Lover, best known as Gene Simmons, bass player and singer 
for legendary rock group Kiss. Kiss. Uh, one of the pioneers of glam rock and stadium shows uh, that, that, that were experienced for everyone to behold. I'm talking about Kiss. Yeah. Gene Simmons, who along with bands like his and, and bands like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols coming out of the late 70s, were all about going against the system, you know, sticking it to the man. Well, yeah, not so much anymore. What am I talking about? Well, here, check this out for yourself. Well, get over yourself. We're not concerned if you agree with it or not. We're concerned about you making us sick. Mm. So no. get your goddamn COVID shot it's a good point. and prevent other people from getting your stuff. Yeah, I know. That's what even a is that? Point. Right. I, I, I guess all those. Uh, I guess all those years of too much hair product and bad eye makeup has finally taken its toll on Gene, who's now morphed into some type of old yenta. Yep, Gene Simmons has gone all in on the COVID vaccine, and the man who once named himself the Demon sounds more like a Karen these days. <laughs> oh, but wait, oh, Damon, I know you're laughing, but he wasn't done, and why would he be? Oh, sure. He needs to get his plugs in, because it's all about marketing for the Kiss Cruise. We are doing the Kiss Cruise shortly, and you will not be able to get on the cruise unless you're vaccinated. Look, you before go. you go to school, oh, you have to have your children get the flu vaccine and the polio vaccine. And there's no discussion. A uh, uh, flu vaccine? For school? Hey, does anybody want to tell them? Wrong! Try again, dumbass! Yeah, there's no flu vaccine mandate for schools there. You you might need to loosen up the hairnet there, Grandma Jean. And and while you're at it, please, you know what? Tell us about our rights. And, you know, what about my rights? Well, you don't have as many rights as you think. When you get up to a red light, you must stop. There's no choice. It's because it's not about you. It's about the other innocent people going by. So get over yourself. Even you, you get in your car, you must put on a seatbelt. Well, you're mm-hmm. taking away my rights, and the government's telling me what to do. That's right. The government is telling you what to do. Shut up. Be respectful of other people and get a vaccine. Well, there you have it, kids. Life Was lessons with Dr. Ago? Love himself, Gene Karen Simmons, reminding you that you have no rights and that you must submit yourself to whatever the government says. Now, it kind of makes me wonder, is there any other time in history, Gene, that, that, that might, you know, you might want to share this tidy bit of advice with? I'm thinking, I'm, I'm trying to think, can anyone else kind of think of a time in history where such great advice should have been heeded? It's just a train ride, right, Gene? Oh, and who doesn't love a ride on a choo-choo? Meanwhile, this is the same guy who said this about people just like him, you know, celebrities. America's finally come to the edges and the brink of insanity where some people might even consider it a good idea for people living in Malibu to decide our foreign policy. I'm not one of those. I think celebrities should basically shut their pie hole and do what they do best. Act, sing, tap dance, juggle balls and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sounds like someone there uh, forgot what kind of balls he was juggling. But don't worry, because old Grandma Jean has company. Yeah, I'm talking about people like Neil Young, and and one that really gets me is Tom Rello from Rage Against the Machine in particular, whose songs are all about anti-establishment. One of the biggest songs, Killing in the Name of. Uh, The last 30 seconds is devoted to blank you, I won't do what you tell me. Listen to yourself. Here's the crew version. I won't do what you tell me. Right? So much for blank you, I won't do what you tell me. 
uh, for Tom Morello, he should be raging against the vaccine. But it looks like he's more comfortable doing what, you know, he's told to do and enjoys being part of the machine. Yeah. Much like another revolutionary anti-establishment icon, Howard Stern, who screams at all the unvaccinated like they just walked across his lawn. Tiny Tim-looking doofus. Exactly. The only thing raging on all these old minis these days are their hemorrhoids. So, (laughs) as these aging anti-establishment Karens embrace that get-woke, go-broke lifestyle, let's do this. I'm going to take a hard pass on the Kiss Cruise this time around. That requires you to give up your right to body autonomy. Shut up, be respectful of other people, and get a vaccine. And that's why I'm so glad we didn't take history classes with Gene Simmons or science classes with Dr. Fauci. If anything, I think Gene himself needs an intervention from himself yeah. celebrities should basically shut their pie hole <laughs> yeah, exactly. and do what they do best act sing tap hey. dance juggle balls and do all that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so do all that kind of stuff and shut the hell up and, and be the dancing monkey or the uh, the circus bear on a bicycle we all know you are yeah damon back to you <laughs> all right I like that that's one. Rich, I like that that's one. great. Thank you. That was good. Boy, that sure is rich with Gene Simmons. Raging roids. He has more STDs than uh, Will Chamberlain. <laughs> will. Uh, I wasn't going to go Come on, there. lay off Will. I mean, man. come on. Now come you've on. gone too come far. Come on, Paul. we got to go right there. Come on. He's a low life. Come it's a family on. show. Oh, He's a low life. He is a sleaze bag. Always has been, always, always will be. He's a hypocrite, and he makes me ill. And he just, I can't, I can't with him. It's just him and Howard Stern should should be locked in a closet together for the next six years. <laughs> they Howard, probably will be. Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah. Howard Stern gets dumber by the second. Yeah. Right now, he's talking like it's three years from now. He was, he was never like that. Back in the days when he had oh. actual competition on the air, when he was up against you guys and yeah. up against Imus, and he was never. Uh, you, you couldn't, no, you know, that's what made these the guys, at least for Imus, that's what made Imus great. Is you, I mean, he could talk to Joe Lieberman one hour, Donald Trump the next hour, and um, Rand Paul the next hour, and you, and you would have no idea where he stood politically. And that's why he was one of the best interviews, in, in just my opinion, I thought he was one of the best interviews of political people because he would get them he would tear their wall down and they wouldn't even know he was doing it <laughs> and then you know all those bands i mentioned the only one that kind of survived who's actually still anti-establishment is johnny rotten johnny Lydon from the oh, sex pistols right he's he's believe it or not he's like uh, conservative he's like no 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 get the government out of my face i don't want anything to do with it and he's still that tim, way you see tim Ro- robbins kind of uh woke up a little on this <laughs> yeah, brand this week yeah i saw yeah, that he admitted this is uh this is insanity, uh, taking away people's autonomy. I was you watching know? Russell Band today on Rumble, Paul. With uh, she, he had Barry Weiss on from the New York Times, who's been dropping these Twitter files. It was good. He's good. He's great. He is good.
the blues on a Tuesday night. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Joe Biden? More wasteful government spending, higher taxes. How do you protect your hard-earned savings from the reinvigorated left? Well, the answer is gold, of course. Gold is the world's oldest, most proven form of currency. It's there for you when inflation soars, when other assets go sideways. And that's why Birch Gold is so thrilled to introduce a new product that reimagines gold as a currency, the Goldback. And we are coming down to the wire here. This month, two days as a matter of fact, you'll get a free gold back with every purchase of $5,000 if you convert an existing IRA or 401k into precious metals IRA with Birch Gold by December 22nd, two days away. Birch Gold will help you own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. So text America to 989898 to claim your free information kit on gold, then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Plus, with every purchase you make before December 22nd, you'll get a free gold back. This is a great stocking stuffer just in time for Christmas. Once again, text America to 989898. Protect your savings with gold. Do it today. Uh Uh-huh. Play the piano. Live from Studio 6B, 18 past the hour. We're getting a lot of requests for a cruise. We should do the sound like a sound like a cruise. Sound like the LFS six B cruise. An LFS six B cruise. Yes. Here we go. Another the, one. Yeah. Do it the same weekend as the uh, golf outing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put the boat right on a trailer. Rick, pull right. right out of Nashville. <laughs> well, we, we could. <laughs> you know, you guys. I swear. Da- Damon, Damon's going to put us on a These dinghy. These poor people. They want us to go on the road, big D. We, well, maybe instead of on the road, we go on the water. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the rules. The rules of this. Uh, uh, you can do whatever you want. Right. That's it. That's the rule. Right. You can be vax, not vax. We could get less. Just get on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your pie hole and get on the boat. Right. Exactly. Right. Yep. So we'll take some of his advice. That's it. Shut up, eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, and we'll the get... LFS 6B cruise. Now, um, here we go. And we'll get terrible Ted as our. Uh... <laughs> unfortunately, be, it would unfortunately be on like a little dinghy. So it wouldn't really be so much of a cruise. That's why David's wearing his life preserver today. He's <laughs> <laughs> ready for the cruise. It's my, it's my the SS... we're, already in, we're already in conformity. The LFS 6B minnow. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. It's been lost out of a uh, three-hour <laughs> tour. It'll be a, yeah, a three-hour tour. And we'll get lost at sea, leaving out of Nashville <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a trailer, <laughs> a double oh, wide. Uh, we stink. Oh, oh yeah, man. come on, man. The Damon pirate ships. Uh, Roger Grant says really in, the, in the in the uh, kiss can cruise. <laughs> King, King Chris, kiss can cruise on these nuts. Okay, very good. Very good. Oh, these nuts. Okay, very good. I'm, well I'm done, gonna bu- I'm gonna well buy done. an afro and and uh, turn into uh, Isaac. Hammer Chuck says you have the vest for it, Damon. It doubles as a seat cushion. Okay, very good. <laughs> what? Huh? Your like seat it. doubles as a uh, as a as a life preserver. You know, they tell you that in a plane when you get in uh, in the case of a water landing. Is that like smashing into the ocean? Yeah. It's like it's, yeah. you have a very lovely flotation device. Yeah, until the sharks come. Then the ve- it's a, the vest then it's a the, bobber. The vest and the sandals <laughs> the are a good look. All the boys say to Damon. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we could do a weekend cruise. It'd be great. Damon could play the piano in oh. one of the lounges. Nice. <laughs> Harry would take the mic if I did that. Oh, yeah. Harry, right? You yeah. know what? Harry, Harry would be in his white home. suit, bubble machine. You know, the whole thing. <laughs> you know what? You know what? This could turn into something. David Zier is a very good piano player. Nine-hole mini golf yeah. on the top floor, Will said. No, there you go. Oh, see, see, this is how good. This is how things happen. You yes, start talking about right. the audience, mm, just right there right. with all the good stuff. I can sit by the pool. We could have a bets. <laughs> Take bets at the pool. <laughs> yes, gold digger one. That's what I was going with. I love the blues. Wonder if Damon plays it on the piano. I okay, you'll have to continue to wonder. <laughs> um, oh, the intrigue. Oh. <laughs> All right, so some good stuff coming in from there on the LFS6B cruise. I guess what, what cruise line? <laughs> it just doesn't. What am I? Who cares? What am I saying? Viking. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy who sells all the Italian cruises? Mario. Whoa, Mario. Oh, Mario Perillo. Yeah, Mario Perillo. Perillo, Perillo Tours, go. baby. Perillo Tours. Yeah, I think yeah, it's like right. his grandson runs it now, right? <laughs> Something. Final holes down the water slide into the boat's pool. See, I liked it. I like it. We could, um, we could have a, a an, an Ed Henry um, attraction. Well, who said he was invited? Well, I guess he could buy a ticket. Yeah, yeah. Sure. someone's got to paddle the boat. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, Rand Paul wants Ram, to go. Rand Paul's going to go. Get him on, Captain okay, Paul. Rand Paul, friend of the show, is going to be on. The All right, let's. Um, what are we doing here? I have no idea. Let's do sports. Boy. Sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell. He can come on the cruise if he wants. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> all the pillows and all the rooms will be for Mike Lindell. You'll all sleep great. Um, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell. LFS6P is our code to check out. Slick Rick, what's going on? Okay, well, in water sports. Now, do you have no. a bathing suit that has, like, <laughs> like, uh, like, like you dress? Or do they, you just wear regular hey, bathing Listen, suit? I'll be blinged out if I go on anything. Don't worry about me. Are you kidding his, me? His banana hammock will be totally blinged. I'll have more wraps than Taco Bell on the, at the pool. Don't worry about that, man. All right, here we go. NHL action right on to here. Hurricanes three zip over the Devils. Seven minutes to go in the third. Philly, the fly is up over the Blue Jackets, 4-3, 4-57 to go in a third as well. Penguins right now beating the Rangers, 3-2. Rangers hot, seven in a row, looking good. Five minutes to go in the third. They need to get a tie, otherwise the Penguins are going to be going out with the win. And uh, the Maple Leafs, 2-1 over the Lightning, 4-55 in a third. And wow, sound like the Blues playing the Kraken out in Seattle, 10 o'clock, puck drop. Uh, Kings and Ducks also 10-30, and Flames and Sharks 10-30 as well. NCAA football, big day, a couple of bowls tonight. Listen to this one, the Roof Claim uh, com Boca Raton Bowl. This is Liberty and Toledo. Holy Toledo. It's 7-3 to three right now. 12 minutes to go in the third. I, I didn't have the heart to take action on that one. And then at final earlier today, the famous Idaho b- Potato Bowl was so famous I didn't even think about it today. Eastern Michigan, <laughs> 41-27 over San Jose State. Paul was probably all over that game today, but that was a final earlier today. NCAA men's basketball. Marquette right now uh, trailing Providence by five with a minute 27 to go in overtime. And uh, Baylor right now leading Northwestern State 38-28, 12 to go in the second. And let's jump over. We haven't done any rodeo. Hasn't been a whole lot of rodeo action going on. But let's go to the Chase Hawks Rough Stock Rodeo. And that's in Billings, Montana. That was uh, just wrapped up on Sunday. This is the first interstate arena. And uh, let's see. All-around cowboy was Connor Murnion. Picked up $1,400 for Saturday. 
Battle Bronc and Bull Riding. Bareback, Cole Franks. We know Cole Franks. 87 points on Sankey Pro Rodeo's Phenom Genetics Bronc Riding Nation. That's a mouthful. $8,600. Big, big purse there. Saddle Bronc, Brody Chris. 89 points on Sankey Pro Rodeo's Phenom Genetics. The Black Tie. $8,400. was a black tie affair, Rick. Bull Riding, Wade Berg. 87 points on Brooklyn Rodeo's Stir Crazy. $8,400. Total payout was $85,000 on that rodeo. Going to be kind of quiet with the rodeo until the new year, but we will certainly keep you posted on rodeo. We don't forget the rodeo. We never, ever forget the rodeo. Uh, let's see, Big D. We got to get into, uh, let's get into some other stuff here. All right, come on up. We got, oh, yeah, I didn't get the report on this uh, yesterday. Cause of death for ex-Bengal coach Adam Zimmer was revealed. Uh, this is uh, Mike Zimmer's son, the former Vikings coach. Longtime NFL assistant Adam Zimmer, the son of former Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, died in late, late October at the age of 38. Uh, Zimmer's sister, Corey, shared the news of his unexpected death in an emotional Instagram uh, post. Shortly after Zimmer's death, the Cincinnati Bengals, where Adam served as an offensive analyst, released a statement. Basically, our organization has had the privilege of knowing and working with the Zimmer family for 15 years. We have the highest regard for Mike and Adam and are incredibly saddened by his tragic news. And uh, on Friday, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner released a report. Zimmer's death was attributed to complications of chronic ethanol use disorder. Uh, it's the first time I've heard it put that way, but yeah, so obviously he had a problem with alcohol. Very, really a shame to hear that young man, 38 years old. Zimmer began his coaching career in 2006 as a member of the New Orleans Saints. He later made stops with the Chiefs, Minnesota Vikings, and of course, the aforementioned Bengals in 2010. He earned a Super Bowl ring as a member of the Saints. Um, and they say if you or someone you know has a, a problem with alcohol, call um, this is Samsha's National Helpline or reach out to Alcoholic Anonymous. So, you know, it's sad news a lot of speculation about the death, but apparently it was just, uh, you know, probably cirrhosis of the liver, you know, with the, with the alcohol. Um, and Big D, that's a wrap in sports. We're getting to- towards the end of the segment. All right, well, let's hit the break. We'll come back. We'll do some news, and we'll talk a little bit about the omnibus uh, disaster. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Skipper, are you kidding me? I already got fired. Damon can't be the skipper. I already saw. Why? What's that? I don't know. Damon, get your foot off the boat. I would be. I would. <laughs> I'd keep us. Uh, I'd keep us in the ocean or whatever I have to do. It's easy to grin. Can you, can you make a bowl or comes not? In. Um. Can I what? Make a bowl or not? If you can't make a bowl or not, you ain't captain. That's right. You're. You go. You've got a. You've got a couple boats there in the Nolan uh, estate. I should let you be the captain. I don't want that. I can't drink if I'm captain. Oh, forget about it. Unless it's that guy over with the Valdez guy. Someone said, could you imagine (laughs) how... You gotta bring that up. Man, I'm waiting for a Palmolive commercial Someone said, could you imagine how much fun a 6B cruise could be? And and actually, yeah, I could. I actually could, because I've known all these guys a long time. It would be a captive audience. Someone said, Damon, damn, too too damn grumpy. (laughs) Well, see, you only know me uh, watching me here when I have to talk about Mitch McConnell. So what do you expect me to be? But you I'm not grumpy at all. That's Paul. Paul he knows. He's only a little bit grumpy. On air, <laughs> right. he's very grumpy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Slick Rick is the natural choice for Gilligan. Okay, I'll take it. Now, 
the see the thing about Ed Henry, I guess I have to invite him because he's the perfect Thurston Howell oh, with that jacket. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. The jacket he wore to the yeah. Freedom Fight oh, Night. Yeah. Love it. When he love showed it. up with that love jacket it. on. <laughs> he probably has an ascot already picked out. And I was event. thinking to myself, uh, I almost left. I mean, I almost didn't, you know. When I, I saw him from across the room. Shot at uh, Marianne. <laughs> yeah, Paul, you make a good professor, actually. You would. Yeah. I'd have to ask yeah. Sabrina to come, I guess, good. too. I guess. Oh, yeah, well, right. I don't want her to be Marianne, because the last thing I need is Coleman throwing me across the You'll end up in the Pacific there or whatever. <laughs> you'll end up in Memphis. You'll, you'll see on the seven seas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's Paul? Right now, he's chum. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, let's do some news. Speaking of Paul, uh, news is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds. Dot com early treatment meds one word if you're looking for the ivermectin or the, i mean there's so much stuff going around besides covid flu and every, every all, everything else they've got great stuff there high dose of vitamin d a lot of things that can help you check it out early treatment our code lfsxp gets you 10 percent off a checkout mr nolan what's going on yeah i have a question for the audience before i do some news i want to know in the audience uh for the guys i just want to know uh marianne or ginger that's all I want to know. You guys know what that question connotates. Marianne or Ginger, put it in the chat. I want to see. So uh, the FBI paid Twitter $3.4 million for processing requests. That's it. Uh, pretty interesting from the Twitter files. Um, you know, I'm happy to report that we have collected $3.4 million since October 2009. Uh, 19 wrote someone on Twitter, safety, uh, content, and law enforcement, known as SCALE, team in February of 2021 email, according to internal messages. Um, in 2019, SCALE instituted a reimbursement program for a legal process response from the FBI explained uh, in the email. Uh, prior to the start of the program, Twitter chose not to collect under the statutory right of reimbursement for the time spent processing requests from the FBI. So uh, more from the shocked, yeah, no, not at all shocked file because we know how corrupt these guys are. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you uh, you guys had seen, um, you know, from uh, the uh, the on my my computer of course just froze the uh part eight Lake. part eight dropped today by the way while you're fixing that paul part eight dropped it. today from another uh reporter who I, I think this is his first time dropping something uh that dropped today part eight i haven't even read those yet yeah it has to do with the pentagon and, and what we were talking about at the top of the show uh working covertly with an online psyop campaign how twitter aided the pentagon that's yep. great stuff. They, they basically said they they basically yeah, exactly they 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 pre-programmed them yep. to see what they already knew was coming because they had it and been right. sitting on it. Yes. So they basically went in and and trained them to say so that when you <laughs> see it, yes, and we know it's coming, you'll know what you're looking at. Right. And that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. Basically. We're talking about the the equivalent of event two hundred one, right? With yeah. the whole simulation of they ran they ran a simulation the month before the story dropped, so they knew how to react. And then when they saw, like Damon said, when they, they were pre-programmed to already see this, so they've already got it floating in their head. They may and the people at Twitter are thinking, oh, we're going to be on, we're going to be on, you know, high alert here. So when we we'll know how to spot it. It wasn't that you were going to spot it; it was going to be fed to you, and you were going to lap it up like you were programmed to. And that's essentially what they've been doing. And again, it takes us back to the top of the show where I'm just so deflated that 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 we're doing this to us. You know? Well, 
Yeah, well, that's the problem. That's the problem with these unelected officials who have so much power. They have to go. There's got to be term limits everywhere across the board to a degree. And, you know, there's, I mean, it's... You there know, needs to be prosecutions. There's really, you know what, and it's amazing when you're above the law and you have unlimited resources, what you can get away with. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Carrie Lake's election challenge will head to trial after a judge declined to dismiss her case and allowed her, the suit to proceed. This is from Just the News. Lake announced the development via Twitter uh, saying Katie Hobbs' attempt to have our case thrown out failed. She will have to take the stand and testify. Buckle up, America. This is far from over. Arizona Republican lost a gubernatorial bid, as we all know. Um, but last week, Maricopa County Superior uh, Court judge approved Lake's request to inspect random ballots from the county, both in person and mail-in, in order to prepare for a potential trial. However, left-wing attorney Mark Elias, however, noted that the judge dismissed eight of Lake's 10 claims and limited the remaining two allegations to intentional misconduct, meaning she must prove that the printer malfunctions were intentional and affected the outcome of the contest. She almost also must demonstrate the faults in the ballot chain of custody were intentional and also impacted the final results. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of resistance here. So I don't want people to get their hopes up too high because we know how a lot of this goes. And this is also breaking now is that Katie Hobbs files emergency motion to squash a subpoena for appearance at Carrie Lake's trial, lawyers withdraw Hobbs' subpoena. So uh, Hobbs has also argued that she was not served with a subpoena to testify in her personal capacity. She was subpoenaed to testify at a trial in official capacity as the Arizona Secretary of State. Indeed, she was not personally served with a subpoena and no one contacted her lawyers in her capacity as governor-elect to accept service. So uh, we'll, there's going to be a lot of chicanery with this story. Uh, as uh, Carrie Lake said, buckle up. This is pretty mangled. Uh, this story is, this is without a doubt, pretty mangled up. So, um, the pr And the problem is that the one thing I wish they had also kept in there is, of course, the signature verification because that was... The fact that the judge didn't allow that to stay as as the top three things, unfortunately, is is I think a blow because that that's where, um, I think she had real opportunity to show a lot of 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 um, problems in the signature verification, which is not going to be a part of this. So I think Paul yeah. said it right. Don't get your hopes up here. This is still a a very steep uphill climb. You know, and this is essentially and realistically the problem that we have, right? I mean, the 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 powers they're just they're, they're so immense, and uh, you know, as you said, it's you know it's a shame. I'd love to just see one court, I just one court case come through and not completely corrupted. Uh, you know, I'll try not to get frustrated here and and lose it. But uh, I have a quick one too from the Blaze. Um, this is from a goofball teacher saying, I am, in fact, indoctrinating your children. High school educator smears, uh, sneers at parents concerned about woke agenda. Uh, the so-called literacy coach near Chicago is testing the bounds of her free speech rights by creating several videos which she rails against concerned parents and other right-wing conspiracy theorists nut jobs. Uh, she's been saying on a TikTok, her name is Heather Marie Godbout, whose job title claims to be literacy coach at a, a high school in Chicago. Um, she went on to say things along the lines of people who, who could know better if they could get out of their own little bubbles, trying to bring down our democracy to create a Christian nationalist theocracy. Um, 
all you right-wing conspiracy nut jobs who seem to think that teachers uh, are out here and indoctrinate your children into some sort of woke agenda that you can't actually define, well, I'm going to come clean. That's, in fact, what I'm doing. I'm indoctrinating your children. So this woman can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. I just wanted to throw it out there, and uh, that's it for news for now. All right. Thanks, Paul. Um, let's go through a couple things in this omnibus. There's been two good threads I found today, one from um, – Representative Dan Bishop and the other one from Scott Parkinson, who is uh, the VP of Government Affairs over at the Club for Growth. I'll start with his. He says, I'm going to use this thread on fun stuff within the omnibus appropriations bill. Where to begin? First, this bill is 4,155 pages long. It was released at midnight. It's disgusting how swamp legislatures will not even attempt to read the bill's details. Nancy Pelosi said it best. We have to pass the bill to find out what's in it. But before the bill passes, I'm going to highlight some of the things I think are worthy of note and are interesting. Some GOP senators are already touting how this bill spends less, less than Joe Biden's request. That does not take into consideration the costs associated with supplemental appropriations and the PAYGO waiver. If and when USCBO scores the bill, it will likely total $1.9 trillion. This bill is loaded with thousands of earmarks, the product of the swamp in action. Appropriators use earmarks as the currency of corruption. So what are some of the notable earmarks included? The Senate Appropriations Chairman, Senator Leahy, got some earmarks, including renaming the Lake Champlain Basin Program, the, quote, Patrick Leahy Lake Champlain Basin Basis Program, and stuffing $35 million each year. From 2023 to 2027, okay. Um, I can't just pick on the Dems, so let's check Vice Chairman Senator Richard Shelby. Almost everything in Alabama is already named after him, but this bill designates the facilities at the FBI at Redstone Arsenal to be known as the Richard Shelby Center for Innovation and Advanced Training. Are you a fan of presidential museums? Well, this bill includes $7.25 million to upgrade President Jimmy Carter's museum and $6 million for President Ulysses S. Grant's museum. Members of Congress love to be part of history. The era of COVID is no different. They've included $1.5 million for the COVID-19 American History Project. Cannot wait to see the exhibit full of lies and deceit. Everyone loves when Congress conducts a study and issues a report. Page 2840 includes a study and report on the effects of COVID on travel and tourism. This is Good the government God. waste. Oh, man. Congress doesn't need a report. Just look at Florida and the job Governor DeSantis did. As uh, David A. Ditch already tweeted, the bill waives budgetary enforcement of PAYGO. That means Congress is punting for a second time on any fiscal discipline for the American Rescue Plan Act, a.k.a. Biden stimulus, which is largely responsible for the record level of inflation that we're now dealing with. Uh, woke, the radical left always works to advance cultural Marxism and wokeism into legislation. In the legislative branch section, $3.5 million is included for the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, diversity, equity, Inclusion seems like a congressional safe space. Then we've got 1.2 million earmarked for an LGBTQ plus pride center in California. 
I wonder if this Pride Center will invite a drag queen to perform and celebrate this earmark. One million for Zora's house, a community space for gender expansive people. I think AOC and the squad will disregard the money defense increase and vote yes. Why? AOC got millions of earmarks. The squad all got millions of earmarks. You know that federal building at 97th Street in San Francisco? It's now redesignated as the Speaker Nancy Pelosi Federal Building. Mm. Wow. So far, I I can see why 25 Republicans voted for it in the Senate. Thirteen to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. Let's do some sports before we wrap it up. And here with that is Slick Rick, Rick Amorati. Sports brought to you by MyPillow. Our code LFS6B is the code to get you 10 to 60% off most items at checkout. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, let's get to some more scores. NHL action, couple of finals. The Hurricanes 4-1 over the Devils. Flyers 5-3 over the Blue Jackets. And the Penguins 3-2 over the Rangers. Also, we have the Maple Leafs, 4-1 over the Lightning. And then we got three games going out west. Blues and Kraken at 10. Ducks, Kings, Flames, Sharks, 10-30 puck drops. And NCAA football right now in the third quarter. Uh, Toledo's up 13-7 over Liberty. That's the roof claim.com Boca Raton Bowl. And uh, like I said earlier, Eastern Michigan over San Jose State, 41-27 earlier today. Uh, NCAA men's basketball, looks like an NBA score. The Providence, 100-98 over, Mar- over Marquette. Nine minutes to go in a double overtime. It's a good game over there. And Baylor right now leading Northwestern State, 52-44. Arizona, 53-41. That's 16 to go in the second. And Miami, 41-26 over Virginia. Also, 15, yeah, 15 minutes to go in the second half as well. A couple of quick stories. Formula One drivers banned from making political statements without permission. This is Jacob Bliss of Breitbart. Formula One drivers and other participants in International Automobile Federation, otherwise known as the FIA, events are banned from making any political statement without getting permission from the governing body according to the 2023 version of the International Sporting Code. In the updated uh, International Sporting Code published on the governing body's website, the FIA bans the general making and display of political, religious, and personal statements or comments, notably in violation of the general principle of neutrality promoted by the FIA. Um, The new rules also state anyone wanting to make statements in addition to having advertisements on that Formula One car will need to previously approved in writing by the FIA. You know, um, uh, Hamilton, of course, he's had some issues over the years with the Black Lives Matter, you know, really coming out with that. I guess they want to, you know, obviously eliminate that from Formula One racing, which is uh, probably a good move. Uh, there's been a lot of statements over the years, so that's a new rule that'll be in place for the 2023 season. And uh, you know, Formula One's becoming really becoming a player, and they're going to be having a lot of uh, races in the United States now. So be paying attention to that. And of course, uh, well, a great one, Mississippi State's Mike Leach on it at Memorial as anything but typical. Um, they had a ceremony for him today in Starkville, uh, that Mississippi. And this is former Mississippi State coach Mike Leach 
Page was a luminary and larger-than-life character in college football. On Tuesday, his impact was spelled out in detail as friends, coaches, and players shared personal stories of Leach's humanity, his sense of humor, and the deep curiosity that drove him to the highest levels of the sport. Leach passed away on December 12th at the University of Mississippi Medical Center in Jackson from a heart condition. He was 61 years old. And at the Humphrey Coliseum on a rainy Tuesday afternoon, Mississippi State held a moral for its departed coach with some of college football's most recognizable figures in attendance, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, former uh, Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops, and USC coach Lincoln Riley was some of those who eulogized Leach. Lincoln Riley in particular had a very emotional speech as he went on to talk about the coach who gave him a break with Texas Tech, Texas Tech back in the day, and uh, he was holding back tears talking about the great Mike Leach, great coach, which unfortunately we had a report on uh, last week, such a sad story, and uh, we had a big future ahead of him. Like I said, he reminded me of a young John Madden. I thought that guy was going to go places, maybe even be a pro coach one day, but he's gone on to better place, I'm sure. And uh, anyway, Big D, that's what I got for sports tonight, and that's a wrap. All right, Slick Rick, thank you very much. Paul, any other news you want to do? You know, the only thing I wanted to do is just quick from just the news. McConnell declares Ukraine funding GOP's top priority ahead of Zelensky's visit. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell on Tuesday told reporters that GOP's top priority was to secure assistance for Ukraine in prosecuting uh, prosecuting its war against Russia. Providing assistance for Ukrainians to defeat Russia is the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. His um, remarks come as uh, Zelensky's uh, slated to address Congress on Wednesday. So that, that's really I wanted to touch on it. And <clears throat> yeah, we played that clip before. On, stop spending our money. I just, I'm just so sick of it. I'm just so sick of these people. <clears throat> Speaking of that, let's get back to how they're spending your money. Let's jump over to Representative Dan Bishop. Um, he says it expressly prohibits funding from being used to improve border security. None of the funds provided in subsection A1 shall be used to acquire, maintain, or extend border security technology and capabilities, except for technology and capabilities to improve border patrol processing. So, but at the same time, they allocate $410 million towards border security for Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and so, so forth for enhanced border security. So you see the difference? $1,438,000,000 for membership into the global multilateral organizations, including the UN. That's in there. That's a good, that's a good use of money. He says the word salmon appears 48 times in the bill. $65 million for salmon, he says, seems fishy. <laughs> <laughs> Three million, three million for bee-friendly highways, and another five million for the salmon. Talk about a buzzkill. Um, bee-friendly highways. Okay, I'll have to get back down that one. Unless the other fish feel left out of the spending spree, here's sixty-five point seven million for the International Fisheries Commission. Perhaps President Bush was onto something when he said, I know the human being and the fish can coexist peacefully. One more sinister note. Here's at least $575 million for the family planning in areas where population growth threatens biodiversity. Okay. $65 million in two programs for Senator Leahy and a federal building named for Nancy Pelosi. Swamp's going to swamp. Let's hear quickly cut one, G. We haven't gotten any of these cuts 
Rand Paul, roll that. I brought with me the Omni, 4,155 pages. When was it produced? In the dead of the night, 1.30 in the morning when it was released. Now, people argue that it's conservatives' fault. It's, you don't have the Christmas spirit. Somehow you're holding up government. Well, whose job is it to produce this? The people in charge of spending. The people in charge of both of the parties. When did they know that this would be necessary? Well, it's in the law, September 30th. You got nine months, almost 10 months, to produce a plan, to have a spending plan. They weren't ready on September 30th, so they voted themselves 90 more days. They weren't ready last week either, so they voted themselves another week. And now we have it at 1.30 in the morning this morning. But what's the clamor? The clamor is to vote. Vote now. Let's get it done. Why are you standing in the way of spending? Well, the real question is this. What is more dangerous? What is more dangerous to the country? $1.1 trillion in new debt, or as Republican leadership likes to say, oh, but it's a win. It's a big win. We're getting $45 billion for the military. So which is more important? Which threatens the country more? Are we at risk for being invaded by a foreign power if we don't put $45 billion into the military? Or are we more at risk by adding to a $31 trillion debt? I think the greatest risk to our national security is our debt. The process stinks. It's an abomination. It's a no good, rotten way to run your government. $6 trillion entity, and they want 24 hours to process this, and then they want to go forward. I will be demanding two amendments. One, that this goes against the budget rules. The PAYGO rules say you can't do this. You can't have all this new spending unless it's offset. We will also be demanding that the PAYGO rules are increased. Instead of taking 60 votes to evade the rules, we're going to ask that it be a two-thirds vote to evade the rules. The American people don't want this. They're sick and tired of it. They're paying for it through the nose with inflation. Adding a trillion dollars to the deficit will simply fuel the fires that are consuming our wages and consuming our retirement plans. It's a terrible system. Someone needs to stand up. We're standing up, and we're going to say no. Thank goodness. Well, unfortunately, it passed the Senate tonight. Yep. By an order of 70 to, what, 25? 70 to 25. Wow. Leading close. I'll get the list of the 25 for tomorrow night. As always, we salute our military, active and active, police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you. The live from Studio 6B audience. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here live from Studio 6B.